This is second down on ESPN Radio. Christian Gokel alongside PJ Zuko coming in with a smile on our face, even though there's pain in our hearts. A little After bit. talking all that smack. A little bit of each. Talking all that smack. The Braves just got Max Scherzer last night. Absolutely. I think that's going to be. Talk a lot of smack. I don't know. We we I've been posting like the Ed Orgeron we coming. Okay. Uh, all right. Uh, I so got like, you. I got you. And like it's still the case. There's still like. A little less than half the season to go. You haven't even gone to the All Star break yet, and there's still a chance you can win this series. But you know, yeah, that that is the funny I, part. I will say this: the Mets gave us the gift last night, not gift, the gift that was a gift. Yeah, because there is now a gift of a Mets player like walking out to shake hands with his team after the Mets won last night, and he's looking at the Braves and basically telling them to zip it. Oh God. That's great. So now we have the rallying cry. Well, yeah, exactly. Like now is the, is a perfect time for the Braves to rebound and smoke the the Mets the next two games. I I don't know. It's that's like perfectly Mets. Like all of this is just kind of playing out perfectly because like the Mets win game one, all the Braves are like, oh my gosh, it's over. It's like, dude, you still have two games. You can still come out of this thing with. It's true. I, I guess. Could, well, I mean, you can best, come out with best a, case is you come half out half game back, half maybe? game back. Yeah. So you can come out Best half case. game back. Like, it's not the end of the world. We're we're good. You can still win the series. All yeah. right, let's go. And not only that, but like you got past Scherzer, and that you didn't get past Scherzer. But you got out of the way. But like, yeah, you he's got, done you now. You got your butt whooping out of the way. He can't face you again. Like two two game Scherzer in a three game series does not and exist. You get tonight. He, he can't the hurt you. rookie with the stash. And you know what? I'm just gonna say this on the show. And if I get kicked off the show, I get kicked off the show. I hope. Uh, I mean, I'm not going to do it. I can't I, well, do that. Well, you don't have the power to. But yeah, I hope. I hope sure. Kevin. I hope Kevin's listening to this, or any of our higher ups are listening to this. I'm going to say it. Spencer Strider. Everyone wants to talk about his mustache. Mm-hmm. To me, that's not his defining feature. Okay. All right. What's next, Kevin? If I'm not, if I'm not saying that Spencer Strider's mustache is his defining feature, what do you think I'm talking? Yes, sir. <laughs> My man has, as Ben Drew would put it, a battle wagon. He's got a whole caboose. <laughs> My man's got some glutes. Goodness gracious. He doesn't skip leg day. Right. He does all of his squats. He's doing Romanian deadlifts. Okay. He's doing those split squats. Interesting. With I'll, like with heavy, heavy weight. I'll, uh, a lot of band work back there. I'll try and, and see what PJ, that's like tonight, what I'm like trying to say is the man has some cheeks. <laughs> On the side of the mustache? No. So, oh. No. Gotcha. He's got them yams. I think I get it now. Them ham hocks. Yeah, no, that's true. Back squat a Brinks truck. <laughs> I thought you were going to say his number. It's number, I don't, 60, listen, number 65. I don't it's kind of weird, right? I don't know that I've seen him throw a pitch this year. Okay. I, right. I don't know that I've seen him throw a pitch this year. Okay. I just get enthralled. Well, I mean, then how could you, how could you say that he could sit down Babe Ruth? If you haven't watched a pitch. Because Babe Ruth's never seen yams like that. <laughs> All right. I'll take your word for it. Well, I, I don't know. I'll <laughs> <laughs> take your word for it. You don't have to take my word for it. There's plenty of video evidence. I'll watch tonight. I'll see like, what Everyone happens. wants to talk about the mustache. I want to talk about Quadzilla. Oh, now it's just the quads. Well, it's it's everything. Oh, okay. Like I said, you can't just back squat a Brinks truck. You're saying you, you can't just say, have the glutes. Yeah, you can't say all that and then change no, the focus. No, none of none of his implants. None of his implants. No, of course not. El natural. Yeah, exactly. 
Listen, it's is Atlanta. What is this? LA? Yeah. Everything's natural in Atlanta. El Natural. Yeah. Come on now. Well, I guess Cobb, Even the sadness Cobb and depression. County. Cobb County. What? What? <laughs> that being said, Kevin and Ben will have a full breakdown of the game from last night. <laughs> uh, also, I, can I just like yeah. side, side comment here? Like oh, we don't it, have to say like because I mean like people on on you know our streaming services are seeing it, but I love Cody. I mean that's a given. Yeah, Cody's hilarious. Like I, I that's great. Yeah, Cody's the best. Just the, the commentary. I think that's known. It's it's insane. But yeah, I just Co- didn't get. I mean, I just wanted. Yeah, Cody, former producer on the show, uh, commenting you forgot, in. Cody. Hoochie Daddy season. How do you feel about that, PJ? Because I, you're not embracing <clears throat> Hoochie Daddy season right now. I don't even know what that means. So uh, let's talk about this. It's referring was, to. I didn't know it was an actual thing. I thought he was just saying that. No, like, Hoochie Daddy because of what we season were talking is a about. thing. Um, oh. It basically refers to the inseam length of your shorts. Okay. Well, I mean, my shorts are kind of short. PJ, your shorts are touching your knees. They're not no, short. No, they're not. They're like right above the knee. Yeah, that's that's some 1990s basketball stuff. Yeah, this is the highest I can go. Like, to me, this... So this that's fine. Yeah. You're not embracing Hoochie Daddy season. I, I can I can admit... We're talking five to seven inch inseams. I am, I am true to myself, right? I'm never going to lie about who I am. And I can admit that I I am no hoochie daddy. Right, let's just talk about so what's it happening is not in the studio. my season. Let's just talk about what's happening in the studio right now. Uh, you can see zero percent of PJ Zuko's thighs right now. It depends on if I'm sitting or not, but yes, but you can see zero percent while I'm standing. Yes, you you're, can you're probably very see eighty percent right. of mine. Yeah, uh, that that's why do you think PJ early two thousands basketball, me nineteen eighties basketball? Why do you think I focus on the monitor in front of me so much and not and not the n- not the one to my right? I got, I, got, I got to be able to focus on the show. But that's Hoochie Daddy season. And not the show that's to the right of me. Talking, We're talking, <laughs> Cody's saying four-inch inseams. That's getting Whoa. dangerous hey. at that point. Come um, on now. But yeah, embrace it. PJ, skies out, thighs out. Uh, once I get some, like, once I get some, like, non-flabby thighs, I'll, PJ, I'll think about that. All muscle back there. I, I appreciate anyway, that. moving off of glute talk. I, like, if you think... Now okay, I, did I, just, I just want to say I tried to move off a of glute talk and you're bringing it back. No, I mean I'm not even going full and in, fully into glute, but like <laughs> I, I said this before I went on vacation, I'll still say it. Like I, like even going on a week of vacation, I'm I'm still white as hell. So like if you want to see how white my thighs are, like I don't think anybody does. Has the sun ever seen I, it? I don't think anyone <laughs> wants to see that. Maybe by mistake. I don't know, man. How I'm, white are we talking? Like uh, printer paper. Like, you know how most malls have white tile floors? That's a very obscure and random reference, but sure. <laughs> yeah, sure. It's about as white as that. That's, that's, I mean, dude, they're bright. Like, like, so, like, are they, like, luminescent? So, like, if, like, if the power you went get down off, to your underwear, yeah, it's just, you, yeah. Could, you could see your way through your home in the dark. Right. If the power went off here. Based off your thighs. Which, like, knock on wood, it doesn't because then we'd go off air. But if the if the power goes out here, I could definitely just, like, pull up my shorts a little bit to, to see my thighs, and we could fix the problems in the back. Listen, I'm just saying, PJ, because the, we could all the see. 90s to early 2000s basketball shorts are kind of, they've gone out of style. Like, LeBron goes down to about mid-thigh now. That's fine. 
I focus on comfort when I drive. Like this, this, this is these, comfortable. These are like I bought these shorts like a month ago. They're they're some of the most comfortable. Also, shorts I've I don't ever know had. why Cody's on here saying hoochie daddy season because I've never seen Cody wear anything shorter than touching his knees. Are you sure? Yeah, he wears basketball shorts, and like when I say basketball shorts, I mean like the dad and one shorts. Maybe to him, those those are no, you know, no, no. the right ones. No. Yes. Yeah, yes. Cody, I'm going to need to see some uh, picture proof that you've ever worn anything less than like an 11-inch inseam. Uh, but moving on, we do have some That's sports news to get to. dangerous territory. Uh, ESPN. Sure. Oh, he says, I do now. Oh, he's in no, Florida, oh, man, now. Oh, duh, hey, duh. Duh. Oh. Duh, duh, duh. My shorts just got shorter when I moved down here. <laughs> it, like the weather's <laughs> any different than where we are. Anyway. Yeah, this has just turned into a conversation. Can I talk sports? Between you, me, and Cody about shorts. Can we change the S for a P and talk some sports instead of shorts? You can, man. Listen, I All said right. one thing about how white I was, and then from that point on, you've been the one delaying you talking about sports. Anywho. So I don't want to be blamed for this. Uh, Tiger Woods finally clapped back. We'll get to that here in a little bit. Uh, I love these stories where people talk to NFL insiders or, like, coaches, anonymous coaches. Anonymous front office execs. Yeah. And they yeah, get their opinions. So that's how ESPN formulated their top ten quarterbacks in the league. A notable exemption from that list. So we'll uh we'll dive into that here in a little bit. But we got Marcus Mariota's not on there? We got I know, PJ. It's oh gonna my. break your heart, but Come spoiler on. alert, Marcus Mariota not in the top ten. Uh Jesus. the SEC released today which student athletes will be attending SEC media days oh, okay. coming up. That's I'll always interesting. Immediately want to say Hoover every single time coming up in Hoover. Of course. That's where it always is. Yeah. Uh, but coming up in Atlanta. Weird. Next Monday through Thursday at the College Football Hall of Fame. Second time it's been at the College Football Hall of Fame. 2018. Uh, they did it there. I think it was supposed to be there either in 2020 or 2021. But because like you didn't have it in 2020 and then 2021, they just put it back in Birmingham. That being said, I'll be in Atlanta next week. We'll be doing the show from Radio Row. Inside the College Football Hall of Fame. I think we talked about this already because I'm infiltrating. And I'm yeah, going to try to get somebody to answer for their sins. Yeah, get uh, in there and, and change some things. Try to. I'm going to try to. Or Make them think get, about it. Get some answers. As you should. But now we know which players we're going to be talking about. Uh, let's just start with Georgia. Two guys, two 912 guys, uh, and two of the bigger pieces of this Georgia puzzle coming back in 2022. Stetson Bennett, starting quarterback, kind of a no-brainer. Yeah. Uh, that he's going to be there last year, notably, JT Daniels. Uh, this time it will be Stetson Bennett there you go. Uh, representing Georgia. Nolan Smith representing Georgia as well, the guy who had the final sack of Georgia's season last year, final right. play uh, as Georgia cinched up the national championship. And then I love this one just for the big guys up front. Cedric Van Pran, Georgia's starting center. There we go. Yeah. We'll be representing the dogs in Atlanta. Yeah. And obviously that <laughs> that offensive line, no pun intended, huge part. Of that success by by Georgia, not only you know all season, but especially in those those final drives against Alabama, which is huge. But no, this is good though. I'm happy Stetson Bennett is is going to media day for sure. Maybe the rest of the media can remember uh, that he's a starting quarterback of the Georgia Bulldogs, and they they won a national championship uh, there in big part because of him last last year. Because I feel like some of them have kind of forgotten that. So anyway, it's it's been weird. It's it. Certainly weird. Usually when you win a national championship and your quarterback comes back, you're excited about it. But yeah, yeah, folks are weird. But what I found interesting about this release is you can tell which teams are comfortable with their quarterback situation and which teams are not. Right. 
because if yeah. you're comfortable with your quarterback situation, he's there. He's coming. Yeah. And so, because, you know, media likes to talk to quarterbacks. So you could kind of tell what's left uncertain LSU. Uh, Jack Beck, wide receiver. Interesting that wasn't Keishon Boutte. I wonder what the story is there. Uh, Mike Jones Jr., linebacker who transferred from Clemson prior to last year, uh, will be there. And then BJ Ojolari, who is going to be a top 10, top 15 pick, uh, brother of Aziz Ojolari. Sorry, I'm choking on my coffee over here. No, you're fine. I honestly, yeah. like, I, I would have taken that from it, but I yeah. forgot the guy's first name. No, no. So I was brother like, brother oh, of Aziz Ojolari, currently with, I, the, uh, currently with the Giants, former Georgia Bulldog there. So I want to help him right here, but I, I what, can't. What? BJ, PJ, PJ Ojolari? BJ? We're, we're no, said. We're, no, no, but Kevin, we're combining PJ and BJ. What does that make? It's you and BJ Ojolari combined to make a short kind of Dude, lackluster he, pass rusher. Uh, wow. BJ okay. Ojolari. Can we take like his strength and my height? Because that would look hilarious. No. Uh, moving <laughs> on. Missouri, another team that's not bringing a quarterback. Barrett Bannister, the wide receiver, is going to be there. Martez Manuel, a DB, and then Isaiah McGuire, defensive lineman representing Missouri. Ole Miss, another team that's not bringing a quarterback, which is fascinating because we all yeah. thought, hey, Jackson Dart. He's the guy. He's got an X in his name. Apparently, he might be second or third on that depth chart heading into the season for Ole Miss. So the transfer portal, grass isn't always greener, baby. No, I mean, no. To be fair, he wasn't beating out Caleb Williams, but... Uh, So that's who's going to be there on Monday, Tuesday, Alabama coming to town. Interesting little factoid here. Most people should know it, but Georgia's going to be big dogs, right? Coming in there, national champions. Alabama's SEC champs. Mm -hmm. And they'll remind you of that. And this is SEC media days. Yeah. Yeah. So Alabama coming in, obviously not a quarterback situation there. Uh, They're bringing Bryce Young, Jordan Battle, and Will Anderson. We have an interesting note on Will Anderson that we'll get to here in a little bit. Uh, Mississippi State, same day, no quarterback. Apparently, that Mississippi State job's up in the air as well. Yeah, Jaden Crumdy, really uh, Nathaniel Watson, and Austin Williams all going to be there for Mississippi State, South it's Carolina. Because Rodgers is still there, right? Huh? In, in Mississippi yeah, State? He's still there, but that one's like even since spring. Even that door since, open. Since spring, Will Rogers has been battling for that job. They had a transfer yeah. come in. They have some guys that they've recruited. So that job is up in the air. South Carolina, you feel like. It's there. I feel like Spencer Rattler's the guy. Of course. He will not be in Atlanta. Good. I wonder how much of that is. Listen, bro, you just got here. We got some guys who have played in SEC games before. Yeah. We're going to take them. Uh, yeah. They're going to bring Javon Gwynn, who is an offensive lineman, to carry on Joyner, who is an excellent wide receiver, uh, and Zach Pickens, really good defensive lineman for them. And then Vanderbilt. Hey. They're going to be coming with big old smiles on their faces like, hey, we As they should. Sticking at 16, and we're one of the 16, baby. And, uh, we're one happy to be here, man. One of the building blocks. It's true. Vanderbilt. One, one of the reasons everyone else wanted to come here, Vanderbilt. That's right. Uh, they're bringing Ben Breshanon, tight end, uh, Anferny Orgy, linebacker, and Mike Wright, a quarterback, which that one's still up in the air. If I had to assume, Mike Wright probably gets the start week one in Hawaii, which is just or week zero in Hawaii. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Sounds Don't like even come back. If I'm Vanderbilt, just go out to Hawaii and stay. Yeah, why not? You're telling you know, Hawaii, you just want to just want to keep playing every week. Now, Wednesday is outstanding. Uh, four really good quarterbacks in Atlanta. Uh, Georgia, obviously, Stetson Bennett going to be the guy. Nolan Smith and Cedric Van Pran, we mentioned that. Florida, they're bringing Anthony Richardson. Right. 
Uh, and then Richard Garage, who was an offensive lineman, and then Ventrell Miller, uh, who was a big get. I know it's it sounds weird, right, because he was already on your team, but convincing him to stay yeah. during a coaching transition, that was a big get. Uh, so Ventrell Miller going to be there for Florida. Uh, Arkansas bringing K.J. Jefferson, their quarterback, who top five quarterback in the SEC, really good quarterback and yeah. fits that, uh, fits that uh, team well. And then two of the better defenders in the SEC, Jalen Catalan, the safety, and then Bumper Pool. Classic. It's an outstanding name. Yeah. Uh, Will Levis for Kentucky. Uh, Kenneth Horsey, uh, offensive guard. And then DeAndre Square, inside linebacker, who's going to be a high draft pick as well. Uh, Will Levis, your favorite quarterback in college football? No, definitely not. But, he went but from I the mean, blue and white to the blue and white. Yeah, sure. And and just still happy to see him doing well. You remember last year you know, around this time, it was the whole like eating bananas with the peel yeah. still on kind of thing? Yeah. I don't know. He went. Uh, he went a couple different things with that. Uh, I'm wondering if he he brings one of those objects to SEC Media Days and tries to do it on camera. I don't know. We'll see. PJ hates social media. Uh, Thursdays at SEC Media Days are always interesting because to pull pull the curtain back a little bit, the way it works is when you request credentials, you can request as like all four days, which will be there all four days, or you can just request if you have a certain team that you cover for that day, come in one day, cover your team's event, and then get out of there. Right, get all your content. Uh. You can see some very weary reporters yeah, by day four. Uh, and so day four is Auburn, Tennessee, and Texas A&M, which I think three teams that have very different but equally interesting seasons coming up. Perfect way to put that. Right. Yeah. Auburn, no idea what to expect. Could be three wins. Could be six wins. Could be eight wins. Probably leaning closer to three. Uh, they are going to bring Tank Bigsby, Derek Hall, who is an edge, and then uh, John Shanker or – John Samuel Shanker, just a name that if I ask you three years from now, when did John Samuel <laughs> Shanker play football for Auburn? You're gonna be like, yeah, 2003. I remember him, Jefferson Pilot. Yeah, right. Like, uh, Auburn. Now, like, no, he's he's still there. Yeah, uh, bringing him. Tennessee's bringing Trayvon Flowers, the safety, Hinton Hooker, uh, quarterback, and Cedric Tillman, big time wide receiver, uh, coming there for Tennessee. Uh, and then Texas A&M, another team not bringing a quarterback. Damani Richardson, a defensive back. Layden Robinson, a big old offensive lineman for them. And then Anaya Smith, who might be the biggest playmaker in the SEC, uh, coming back there for Texas A&M. Wanted to say this about Auburn. Last year at SEC Media Days, and granted, I just want to be fair. Granted, so the way it works is head coaches get like roughly 20 minutes, right? Or you get 20 minutes with the head coach, I guess is the best way to put it, in the big media room. Mm Mm-hmm. So Brian Harson comes in and literally spoke for 18 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. I remember like a couple of those. Nonstop. Yeah. Right. 18 minutes. We got like one question and then either. All right. Coach Harson has to get out yeah. of here. Yeah. And then he just filibustered yeah. that. Yeah. Coach Harson has to get out of here. I was like, that was equally like amazing and mind numbing. Yeah. At the same time, complete opposite of Mike Leach, who just walks in there and goes, all right, what questions you got? Yeah, no, and just exactly. kind of answers questions for twenty minutes. Wasn't Kirby's kind of long last last year too? Yeah, Kirby. What Kirby's is, I want to call it propaganda because I feel a little <laughs> yeah. strong, but it's like he's it's close. Man. But no, but it's like he's just he's he's reading. God, just the word is eluding me right now. But it's just a big billboard for Georgia. Yeah, yeah. It's like he's trying to recruit the media. Honestly, yeah. He's like, he's still in Here's recruit mode. Here's all the stuff mode. y'all haven't talked about that we did. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. 
He's he like, this about, is why you should pick the dogs. And he, the media is like, guys. No, like, not even that. He just kind of talks about all the initiatives and all the things that they did and how many people they graduated and how important that is to them. And we're like, coach, there's a guy over here who wants to ask you what your favorite burger know, is. Man. And I'm know. trying to figure out what that inside linebacker rotation looks like. Yeah, sounds like a recruiting pitch to me. That's all I'm saying. That's but, no, it makes sense. Control uh, the narrative. That, if you yeah. can't ask questions, then you can completely control the narrative. Yeah, absolutely. That's what Brian Harson was thinking there. Uh, so there, there you go. Uh, you can see the full list on ESPNCoastal.com right there on the front page. we got to put out there day-by-day, team-by-team, uh, who the attendees are going to be. But the mailman and attendance. Yeah, no, I think that's in very Atlanta. With With just – sorry. But go ahead. Go, going back to this team in the offseason that they had, especially him, Brian Harson then – over under 15 minutes on his on his opening over. statements. I feel like it has to be. I over. feel like he has to go the full 20. My man's got something to say, and he's going to say it. He's going to get some very uncomfortable or questions. Or he could just come in there, kind of wake up, wrong side of the bed, coffee wasn't great, uh, or didn't get a drink, all of it, and he comes in just kind of ornery. Is that kind of how his all, whole offseason There's going to be a whole lot of people in there. That sounds like his whole offseason. But there's going to be a whole lot of people in that room. Like, dude's untouchable right now. Like, if he didn't get fired this offseason, my man's not getting fired. But there's a whole lot of people that are going to be sitting in that room that buried him. Yeah. Buried him. I wonder if he just walks up there, sunglasses on, and goes, <coughs> Sup? <laughs> well, what, what, what do you just got? Like, Can we play some music? Like, guess who's back? <laughs> yeah, right. What y'all got for Or, me? no, even better, like 50 Cent Mini Men. Wish death on me. Yeah, right. And he just no, like walks up there. Solid. like. Yeah. I, I think it'd be solid. Uh, let's take a break. We'll come back. Uh, we'll talk top 10 quarterbacks per ESPN in the NFL next right here on second down. Second down on ESPN radio is presented to you by the uniform source. Christian Gokel alongside PJ Zuko. Glad to have y'all with us here on this Tuesday afternoon. No show tomorrow. We will have day baseball, 1221st pitch between the Mets and the Braves. Hopefully. Oh, no, no, no. Get that out of here. Say it for the series win. Yes. All right. Thank you. We'll have the Braves stealing that series win tomorrow. We have Spencer Hamhawk Strider on the mound tonight. <laughs> Goodness gracious! I am uh, now that you've you've brought this into the public. I am uh, very much looking forward to the, all the different nicknames and things you call uh, Spencer Strider around the Watching Spencer Strider because, like, no, I, not really. I just I know you have just like nicknames, just you know, yeah. in the holster back there. So, like, I, I'm just. For sure. I'm looking forward to that. Because I hadn't heard of this, honestly, until you, you said it on the show. So I'm looking forward to hearing more. Speaking of more, uh, the articles in which you talk to anonymous like coaches and front offices about stuff, some of my favorite in existence, right? Uh, so ESPN and Jeremy Fowler do this every year prior to the NFL season kicking off. They talk to different execs, different players. Uh, different coaches, different scouts, and they try to determine who the top 10 are at each position, usually starting with the quarterback. So I don't think it's a surprise to anyone that number one is Aaron Rodgers. My question to you about this is he's had two of his best statistical seasons ever the past couple of years, maybe his best one ever a couple of years ago. Mm -hmm. My question is this. The definition, I think, of a quarterback, because it's the most important position in any sport anywhere in the world, right? There's no singular position that means more to a team's success in any sport than the quarterback does in football, right? Aaron Rodgers has won the same amount of Super Bowls as Matthew Stafford. 
True. Aaron Rodgers, I think he's known for being maybe the most talented quarterback we've ever seen. Even though I know Cody would argue Drew Brees. Uh, but when it comes to where quarterbacks make a name for themselves, the playoffs, it's m- almost always ended in disappointment. Now, to be fair, only one person can or one quarterback can win the Super Bowl every year. I understand that. Right. But I think more than like his triumphs in the playoffs, we think about his defeats and coming up short. And there's always excuses for him afterwards, like, well, they just don't give me weapons and he's always having to carry the football team. I understand that, but he's been in the league for a long time now. Yeah. And he yeah. has one Super Bowl. He's gotten more than a few chances. Uh, and yeah, I'm not some Aaron Rodgers apologist by any means, but at the same time, uh, I will say if you look at most of those disappointments and and not trying to give him a pass, but like most of said disappointments aren't necessarily on him. Like he's he's putting up crazy numbers and and playing well in those games, but for whatever reason, you know they they end up falling short. Now, some would argue that doesn't matter. Okay, you put up 350 yards, put up 450. You know, so like I I get that as well. Uh, but I, I will agree with you. It, it has ended in disappointment certainly more times than not, and, and there have been games yeah, a, a lot like last year where it's like, man, just do something. It's San Francisco, and they just laid an egg completely, even the offense. Yeah. So I, I'm certainly not giving them a pass for, for those years either. So, so it's interesting because with you. the conversation we just had is the same conversation you hear from the article where it says a veteran NFC scout said he should have more championships, but – their defense and special teams have let him down. I've seen Tom Brady carry teams. Yeah. Right? Yep. I've seen Patrick Mahomes carry teams. Right? I Aaron Rodgers, he has the one Super Bowl, but for the most part, he's the guy that the other quarterback slays on their way to a Super Bowl. Right. Now, again, Aaron Rodgers wasn't playing linebacker when Raheem Mostert ran for like 230 yards. In the NFC Championship. He wasn't. He wasn't. Right? But you have to, as a quarterback and as a leader of a team, I think it's on you to overcome those things. Right? Yeah. So. Also, like, I think one of the arguments is that the the people around him on offense, which, yes, some years have been really, really bad. But other years where they didn't win were really good. Listen, man. Tom Tom Brady was thrown to a lacrosse player when he won a Super Bowl. I mean, that's everyone also wants to point out, like, oh, they have a wide receiver running back. Yeah, who put up, like, 120 yards. So what's your argument there? It doesn't matter. uh, Well, another NFC coach says that he believes he plays it too safe when his team needs the opposite. He said, quote, late in the down with pressure, he won't always take risks. On certain plays where he's throwing the easy completion on a smoke route and it's a critical moment, you're thinking, is he really trying to win? Yeah. Who's the anti-Brett Favre? Yeah, it's a, hit the check down, don't turn the <laughs> yeah. football over. Right. Versus like third and 15, if I rip this thing between the two safeties and trust my arm a little bit, like, right? So it's Aaron Rodgers obviously made some crazy throws. Like I went to the Dallas game where he kind of booted to the left and threw that pass uh, down the field like right on, like, as he's getting tackled, one of the craziest arm talent plays you've ever seen in your life. Yeah. But I kind of agree with this where it's like, I don't want to say I've ever thought like, is he really trying to win? But it's just... Sometimes you got to risk it for the biscuit, and that might be my only kind of critique for him. Sometimes it's more, uh, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm not going to be the reason we lose. So it's, it's one of the like, things I love about Joe Burrow, which I'm so happy with part of this list because I feel like I was the the Joe Burrow guy last year, and I kind of got laughed out of the room when I said Joe Burrow is probably a top five quarterback. And I mean, I, I yeah, don't, 
now I, here I, we are. But I, he's the. I agreed it's, with it's, you. It's I, the. It's the opposite. <laughs> but it's the opposite now. In the fact that, or with Aaron Rodgers, right? Aaron Rodgers trying not to turn the football over. Joe Burrow, he's like, that's my dude down there. I'm just going to throw it up to him and yeah. like let him make a play. So it's just different ways of playing quarterback, not taking anything away from Aaron Rodgers, four-time MVP. But if there is a critique about him being number one, that would be it. Patrick Mahomes comes in at number two. I think there's an argument that that might be Josh Allen's spot. Ooh. But more so than that, my argument would be, where's TB12? Okay, yeah. Like, honest, no, honest to God, I give you, like, the NFL has to, like, blow up, and you get your selections of quarterback, and you're just going position by position, and you get the second pick for quarterbacks. And we're not worried about next year, or, like, the year after. We're just worried about winning this year. Who are you taking? Even if you have the first pick, who are you taking? I'm, I'm probably taking Patrick Mahomes. Over Thomas this, Brady? This is probably, honestly, this is, the, this is probably the... the I'm probably the worst person to ask this question because because like Michigan, you no, not even you said that about Josh Allen. And I like did a double take because like, I think Patrick Mahomes is just insane. Like, I think honestly, talent wise and like arm talent wise, all that good stuff. I think Aaron Rodgers is the most talented quarterback we've seen in the NFL. I think Patrick Mahomes can take that to another level and has already started to. So like, I, I love some Patrick Mahomes. Right, and and even if we're talking about one year, one down, whatever, I'm probably taking him. Um, now, I I would argue that I think Tom Brady should probably be higher on this list. Yeah, and you should definitely have respect for you know everything that he's done and what he still can do for sure. But just with like where they're at right now, and I'd probably still Brother, take Patrick listen, Mahomes. Where, where they're at right now is Tom Brady threw for five thousand three hundred and sixteen yards last year, forty three touchdowns and twelve interceptions. He's amazing. Truly is. And when we talk about in the clutch moments, he walked off the field with the lead. So did Patrick Mahomes. Against the Rams. Yeah. So did Patrick Mahomes. Against the Rams? Like two or three. No. Two or three times yeah. against the Buffalo Bills, Patrick Mahomes did the same thing. So. Did they end up winning that game? Oh, the Chiefs they, won that game, right? Did, did they win? Yeah. They won that the game. The Chiefs won that game. Hey. So, yeah, he did walk <laughs> off the field with the lead when there was, when like, triple zeros. When they ended up winning the game. Uh, yeah, yeah when, I remember. when they won the game. No, that was an outstanding game, but that was one of the points I was going to make about Josh Allen is that goes different in the last, like, because, yeah, because it was the, the Chiefs, like, went down the field for a field goal in 16 seconds. Yeah, and then um, they actually, like, this This is what makes my point worse. He threw an interception in overtime against the Bengals. Yeah. Oh, man. This has been a terrible... Yeah, yeah, no, so like the second half in that game, the Bengals completely shut them down. Yeah, this has been a terrible 45 seconds for me. <laughs> Worst 45 seconds of your life? Uh, but no, Not to quite. me, to me, honestly, God, you give me one pick, I say, hey, you have to win it this year, I'm taking Tom Brady. And I, I don't know that there's any other choice. And I don't think this should be, when you're doing top 10 quarterbacks for this year, I don't think it should be a futures projection. I think it should be who are the top 10 quarterbacks in the NFL right now. To me, Tom Brady is number one, but that's just me. Uh, they have Josh Allen, number three, excellent quarterback. Tom Brady's number four, and then my man, Joey B. As he should be. Joe yeah. Burrow comes in at number five, right where AFC champion last year, and the dude's a gunslinger. Like, it is it is what it is, right? He transfers to LSU. It takes them, like, three or four games to really get going. But once they do, they rip off a bunch of wins in a row. They get shut out, shut out by Alabama uh, his junior year. Uh, that one was in... Yeah, shut out in Death Valley, I believe. Yeah. And then go to the like twenty one against UCF. Yep. He gets he gets the cheap shot. 
from the UCF player mm-hmm. and then completely turns it on. They go on to beat UCF, who was undefeated. A lot of people talk about, oh, back-to-back undefeated years, back-to-back championships for UCF, right? Beats them, comes back the next year. They don't lose a game. Have one of the best offenses in college world history, if not the best offense, and comes to the NFL, tears his ACL because he's playing behind a ramshackled offensive line, Gets comes back from the ACL tear, goes to the damn Super Bowl. Yeah. I mean, Joe Burrow is a gamer. Ridiculous. Uh, number six, Matt Stafford, Super Bowl champ. Love that he's getting the respect that he deserves. Finally. Justin Herbert comes in at number seven. Outstanding quarterback. Just the, if you let a coach make a quarterback in a, like, Madden, this is what they're creating. Yeah. Justin Herbert comes in at number seven. Uh, Russell Wilson, this one's weird to me because he has not been very good. Don't let Brent, uh, Ben hear you say that, man. Russell Wilson hasn't been good. He wasn't very I mean, good last year. I understand year. he's on yeah. like a 2003 kind of playbook with the Seahawks, and now he's in Denver, and they, it's free Russ, right? Like maybe he can he can get back after it with a really good receiving core, but I'm not as high on Russell Wilson right now. Deshaun Watson, again, don't know if he's playing. If, take everything away off the field. He's an outstanding quarterback, certainly a top-ten quarterback. Don't know if he's going to be playing this year. Uh, and then number 10 is Dak Prescott. I got beef because they left a damn MVP off yeah. of this. Yeah. Dak Prescott's fine. I understand he plays for the Dallas Cowboys, right? Russell Wilson's fine. Super Bowl champion. Hasn't been very good the past few years, right? Justin Herbert, good. Hasn't won an MVP. Mm-hmm. Where the hell is Lamar Jackson? This That's is a crazy. Bill Polian ass list. <laughs> <laughs> I can already, you know, I can hear the the haters in their car. Maybe he'll make the running back list. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, whatever. You, the hell out of here. Guess you don't watch football. Like, that's fine. No, that that is it's it's laughable. It's, he threw for four hundred and forty two yards against one of the best defenses in the league in the Colts and Monday Night Football. Yeah, but he can't throw. No. No, yes. it's 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 laughable again. Like, and even you, he gets he gets one year. Gets one year of of maybe playing, I don't know, a little bit off. He was mainly injured last year, and we just completely forget about him. Or yeah. these guys do. That, that's 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 insane. So that's that's our take on the top ten. We got to take a break. We'll come back. We'll get back into it, uh, and then we might have some realignment news to dive into here as well. This is second down on ESPN Radio. We'll be right back after this. We have. Some realignment news to get into here. Hey, and no, it is not of the college football variety. Oh, what? Hold on. PJ Zuko, I'm not ready for this. Informing me that we have NASCAR realignment news to dive into. Of course, our host of Green, White, and Checkered. You can hear it every Sunday morning here on ESPN Radio. Hey, but PJ, we have some realignment. It's spreading to NASCAR. Yeah, the NASCAR no, event realignment. What? The NASCAR event realignment. It, it kind of did. It kind of did, but not really. I, I don't know. It's it's really interesting, but. I will say NASCAR starting to, to take some notes from college football, though, because it's a whole lot of this move's going to happen in three years. Like, wait, what? Hold on. We have earth-shattering news <laughs> that's not going to affect you for over a thousand days. Yeah, no, a, lot of, a lot of what happens in NASCAR is just like it's the end of the season. Hey, this guy's driving for this team next year. This is the sponsor, and it's like, oh, holy crap. Like, it's, it's a quick twitch, right? Well, sometimes you have situations like this where if I'm kind of reading the tea leaves – I think one guy's going to retire and the other guy's going to going to fill the shoes, right? This happened a few years ago when Tony Stewart retired and they named Clint Boyer 
uh, his replacement driver like a year and a half in advance. So, anyway, uh, 2311 Racing. Can I ask you something real quick? What's up? Sorry. What's, up? What's going on? How long has Clint Boyer been driving? He's not. He's but, a broadcaster. But, like, how long had he been driving when he took over for Tony Stewart? He's like... Uh, I feel like, like Clint Boyer's been driving since, years, like, 1962. Yeah. Sorry, carry on. <laughs> it was, like, 14 or 15 years, then they had, like, three years with, yeah. with Stuart Haas Racing. All right, so. so what is the realignment news for today? Okay, so 2311 Racing, which is the new team with, with Denny Hamlin as the owner, owner-driver, although he doesn't drive for them. It's weird. Is 2311 a combination of his number and somebody else's number? And Michael Jordan's number. And Michael yes, Jordan, there we precisely. go. Precisely. So they are the two owners. Uh, they had Bubba Wallace on as their first driver, brought Kurt Busch in as their second driver, and now it has been announced that Tyler Reddick, who currently drives for RCR, Richard Childress Racing, obviously a famous uh, team in NASCAR, obviously one of the most winning and sure. has seven cha- or six championships, excuse me, with, with Dale Earnhardt. He's driving the eight and just got his first win a couple weeks ago. Apparently, Denny Hamlin said, I raced against him, I respect the hell out of him, and I wanted to go and get him. So... Uh, they've signed on Tyler Reddick. 2311 Racing has signed on Tyler Reddick for 2024. 2024, he will start racing for them. And it's yet to be announced, but I feel like probably that is when Kurt Busch will retire and Tyler Reddick will take over. I would be surprised if it moves to a three-team, three-race team team. Three-car team, basically. Three-car team. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Three-driver team. There's a million different ways I could have said that better. But I would be surprised if that happens. But, uh, you know, at the end of the day, if you can get sponsorship and if Kurt Busch still wants to race, he's still competitive. So yeah. uh, why not? But I mean, obviously the biggest realignment news, or I guess expansion news in the history of NASCAR, uh, is when Dennett Motorsports added, of added Cal Naughton Jr. Yeah, and, and to the team. Who could foresee that? Like, we saw, you know, maybe... It would be a little bumpy between yeah. the two, yeah. but then like they really thrived for a minute. Shake and bake, and then it all fell apart. Uh, well, then it got back together at the end. Um, but <laughs> quickly here, like thirty seconds. What is the biggest realignment in the history of NASCAR? Oh God! Like what was the most earth-shattering one driver going from this team to the next in the history of NASCAR? <sighs> like what is the Texas and Oklahoma of NASCAR history? There, there's a lot of them, man. Uh, I know this is probably not a not a great answer, and a lot of driver historians will probably disagree with me. But how Dale, how Dale Earnhardt Jr. moved to Hendrick was was pre, It was huge. It was kind of groundbreaking, like because you had there's so many different reasons. You had Kyle Busch. He was taking over Kyle Busch's ride, and he was a young gun that was like. And then of course you had he's driving for his dad's team. Teresa and Teresa Earnhardt, who was the owner at that point, and then it just started crumbling. Like once Dale Earnhardt Jr. announced that his engine started blowing mysteriously, oh. like yeah, yeah, it was it was crazy. Like he completely got taken out of the race for the championship championship that year. He moves to Hendrick, doesn't win for a long time at Hendrick, and then DEI basically folds over the next three or four years. So it, it was catastrophic. In I feel a lot like we could do a whole ways. show on that. Yeah, very much so. There, there should be a 30 for 30, honestly. Yeah, again, you can catch PJ every <clears> Sunday morning on Green, White, and Checkered or listen to the podcast version wherever you get your podcast. we got to take a quick break. We'll come back, get you ready for three and out next. So I know college football and the world around has been dominated by the realignment news, and we had the news come out yesterday 
uh, from Matt Hayes that the SEC is pretty content staying with 16 uh, for a bunch of reasons, but they, they're not looking at expansion. I thought this was outstanding. It's from Kevin Clark from The Ringer, and he says, college football is not dying. Any suggestion that it is should not be taken seriously, and if somehow it was dying, Tennessee and Alabama fans would still meet in a grass parking lot every October to figure out how to place something. Which, you know, the longstanding American tradition of, I don't know why I hate you, but I do. <laughs> yeah. On so, full effect. I thought that was a nice little piece there. Uh, I shouldn't say little. Nice piece there. Yeah. By Kevin Clark. Check it out on theringer.com. Uh, Kevin Thomas and Ben Troop coming up next. We have a full deep dive into what happened yesterday. I'll give it to you pretty simply. The Braves got Max Scherzer. But the guys will dive into it as well. as some more college football talk. All that coming up next right here on ESPN Radio.